1: play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary.
0: Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone. Today I'm doing something a little bit different and introducing another podcast in the feed. While I have done intros of other arts podcasts like The Art of History and Art Curious, This one is a little bit more special to me, because this one is kind of a family operation. My son, Atticus, has watched me create so many podcast episodes over the years. He started to get curious about the medium and decided he wanted to make his own. Of course, I always want to encourage that creative instinct, and so the two of us created Rainbow Puppy Science Lab. Now, you may be wondering, why Rainbow Puppy Science Lab? It all goes back to when he was just a little guy, and I said I wanted to create something as a decoration for his bedroom. I asked him what he wanted me to draw. He thought for a moment. He said, Rainbow Puppy Science Lab. And there's something about that child's instinct to just stack awesome on top of awesome that I absolutely love, and I have held that as an inspiration in all of my work ever since. So we created Rainbow Puppy Science Lab, dedicated to, I guess, the science of awesomeology all things that inspire wonder and awe. Take a listen, and if you like it, please be kind, leave a good rating and review, maybe follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, to help him have a good, successful launch.
1: Welcome to Rainbow Puppy Science Lab.
0: It's the world's only lab dedicated exclusively to the study of all things awesome.
1: Every episode, we'll explore a different subject and figure out what makes it great.
0: So goggles on, awesomeologists!
1: This might get messy.
0: But we're about to discover something something awesome.
1: awesome. Hi, I'm Atticus.
0: And I'm Kyle. As a teacher, I know kids love tests and quizzes.
1: Uh, that's not true.
0: So now it's time for everyone's favorite educational quiz disguised as a fun game. It's a little segment we call Fact or Fake. I'll share two bits of trivia. Your challenge is to figure out which is the true fact and which is just silly, strange, and totally fake. Here we go. Waffle cones became popular for ice cream after an ice cream vendor ran out of bowls at the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair. Ernest Hamley was selling waffle cookies, saw a fellow man in a sticky situation, and started rolling up his waffle cookies into a cone. Or Thomas Jefferson, writer of the Declaration of Independence, American president, architect, could also add inventor of the popsicle to his resume. He accidentally invented the sweet treat when he left a drink out on the porch one evening. When he came out in the morning, it was frozen solid, and our scientifically-minded founding father decided to give it a lick to see how it would taste. So there you have it, two historical stories. One is an absolutely amazing fact, and one is totally incredible, meaning... It's just not credible. Because it's totally fake.
1: If you need a little think time, take a moment. Which do you think is fake? What details make it seem a little. sus? Go ahead and pause the show if you need to talk about it. Don't worry, we'll be right here when you get back.
0: Now it's time to find out which is fact and which is fake. Drumroll, please.
1: Uh, Dad, that's not a drum, that's a car horn.
0: It's fine, just roll with it. Now, as a matter of fact, the true story is that waffle cones became popular when two vendors of the St. Louis World's Fair decided to help each other out. Ernest Hamway even started his own cone-making company a few years later.
1: If you believe the story of the popsicle, you are too far
0: off. The popsicle was actually invented by an 11 year old named Frank Epperson when he left a cup of soda out on the porch one night in 1905, which was quite a bit after the time of Jefferson and America's founding fathers. While they didn't have popsicles, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington did love ice cream, which gives us a perfect segue into today's episode because today we're going to get the scoop on ice cream.
1: Oh, this is going to be sweet.
0: Everybody knows that ice cream is the greatest food in the history of the world. Always has been, always will be, and so to prove it, I think it's time we break out some of Rainbow Puppy Science Lab's super secret special future technology, the Wayback Machine.
1: Uh, Dad, I think I it.
0: Oh, come on!
1: Don't worry, we'll use the old school method for going back in time. We're gonna read about it. It
0: doesn't work. Everyone knows the only way you learn anything is through buttons and screens and gizmos.
1: Trust me, your imagination can take you anywhere, anytime, to any place. Just close your eyes and picture this. January 26th, 1786. A chill ran across Mount Vernon. You hear the banging sound of hammers and chisels. There's a loud crack as you look over and see men crouched down on the ground. They seem to be pulling something. Giant chunks of ice coming from out of the shore.
0: Why are they getting ice from the shore?
1: It would seem that George Washington, the general who led the Revolutionary Army and first president of the United States, wanted some ice cream. George Washington loved ice cream. In fact, he was such a fan, he spent $200 on ice cream in the summer of 179.
0: Uh, $200 seems a little excessive, but, like, I don't know. It's not that much money to spend on a whole summer. I mean, if he was going into Costco and buying in bulk, I could see easily spending $200, $300, even $1,000 on ice cream that don't tell your mother about.
1: That was $200 in back-then money. It would be equivalent to about $5,000 today. If that seems like a lot of money spent on a dessert, it is. Ice cream was expensive. That's why it was a treat for only the rich and powerful people at the time. It had to be made by hand and eaten right away because nobody had fridges or freezers. But George Washington did bring ice cream-making equipment to the White House so he could impress leaders from other countries when they came to visit.
0: Wait, wait, wait. wait. You can't make ice cream without a freezer.
1: Ice cream actually has a long history. In fact, ice cream is older than, than refrigeration. While people didn't have refrigerators or freezers in their homes until the 20th century, ice cream has been around in various forms for about 2,500 years.
0: Okay, I'll bite. Tell me, who invented it and how'd they make it without a freezer?
1: Nobody knows for sure how it started. There are stories of an ancient Roman emperor, Nero, who would send people running up the mountains to snow and ice to be mixed with fruit and other flavor ingredients. Some say Marco Polo learned how to make ice cream while he was traveling. While we don't know exactly who invented it or where, there are indications of people enjoying ice treats in Persia and China around the 5th century BCE. For a long time, natural ice was harvested where people could find it, either by cutting it from a frozen body of water or by running up a mountain. Yeah, snow and ice. This ice and snow would be stored in ice houses. Small buildings or sometimes caves would be filled with ice and covered in straw as insulation to keep it from melting. George Washington's recipe called for ice harvested from the river and kept in his ice house.
0: Wait, so they moved ice from a river to a house. What good does that do them? It's all gonna melt when it gets hot. And who wants ice cream on a cold day? They probably wouldn't even need to use ice on a cold day. They just stick the thing out the window and boom, frozen.
1: A good ice house was insulated enough to keep the ice frozen long into the spring and summer. That was only one of the difficult steps in their process. In addition to the ice, they would need to milk a cow to get the cream, get sugar and salt, which were actually imported. So very expensive. Who wants
0: salty ice cream? That's disgusting. You want sweet ice cream.
1: The salt isn't mixed into the ice cream. It was used to help freeze the ice cream. The ice cream ingredients would be put into a pot, but then that pot would be put into a bigger bucket filled with ice and salt to freeze. Salt
0: won't help it freeze. Salt melts ice. That's why we spread it on roads and sidewalks in the winter. Everyone knows that.
1: Salt lowers the freezing point, which is why it can help melting snow and ice on our sidewalks. But by lowering the freezing point, it also helps things get colder. A fun, delicious, at-home experiment you can try would be making your own ice cream with a few basic ingredients and Ziploc bags. You just put sugar, cream, and other ice cream ingredients in one bag. Then, put that bag in a larger bag full of ice and a little salt. Shake it up, and you'll have ice cream in a few minutes. We'll link a recipe in the show notes if you need help.
0: Fine, those plastic bags or pots or cans of melty ice cream soup and salty chunks of river ice may have been good for George Washington and those people in the past, but I live in the moment. I'm interested in the here and now.
1: Okay, let's get field report.
0: I don't want to hear from a field. It's windy outside. There'll be all sorts of background noise. Terrible for the podcast listeners.
1: No, a field report is getting insights from people directly observing a subject out in the real world. After the break, we'll find out how ice cream is made today.
0: Ice cream is one of the most popular desserts enjoyed by people around the world. There's more than one process for making ice cream, but they all involve a couple of different steps. The first step in manufacturing ice cream is getting the base mixture. This is the mixture of cream, milk, sugar, flavorings like vanilla extract or cocoa powder. The ingredients are combined and then they're heated until they reach a certain temperature that allows them to blend together smoothly. Once that base mixture is ready, it's poured into a machine known as a homogenizer. This machine breaks down the fat particles in the mixture, creating a smoother, more uniform texture. The mixture is then pasteurized. That's heating it up to a certain point that's going to kill any harmful bacteria that might be present. After it's pasteurized, the mixture is chilled and poured into a freezer, where it's constantly stirred to prevent ice crystals from forming. See, the ice crystals are what take away from that creamy texture. This process is known as churning. It creates that smooth and creamy texture that just feels so good as it melts in your mouth. As the mixture churns, air is incorporated into it. A lot of people don't think of it, but air is one of the main components of ice cream. It's the air mixed in there that really gives it that creamy texture. As it's churned and the air gets incorporated into it, the ice cream sort of has the consistency of soft serve. After that, it's packaged and sent to a blast chiller, so it gets a little bit more frozen, a little bit more hardened, and that's gonna help it travel better so we don't end up with a bucket of ice cream soup when we get home from the store. And now, dear listeners, because the scientists in the Rainbow Puppy Science Lab have invented magic Uh, using the twin sciences of superstitions and wishy thinking.
1: That's not true. We've
0: got our crystal ball to look into the future of ice cream. I know I left it around here somewhere. Ah, here it is. Look into it and gaze upon the future.
1: Uh, Dad, that's not a crystal ball. That's a snowball.
0: Ah, crystal ball, snowball, it all works. Right? Uh. Let's just gaze into it and imagine the future of ice cream. Ice cream's 2,500 years old. What do you think it's going to be like 2,500 years from now?
1: Well, it could possibly be like, you can like choose like, what flavor and you can customize the flavor and like add like spices and they like will create like um, special like cones um, and also kind of like put um, maybe like for your birthday, they'll make it like super big.
0: Ooh, so, like, custom-printed ice cream on yeah. demand. I almost imagine, like, you know those Dippin' Dots, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, what if it knew your flavor preferences, and then just you punch in a code, and it just, like, lets out all the dots of all the different flavors you want all mixed together in just the right proportions for you?
1: Oh, man, that would be really, really good.
0: That would be awesome. yeah. See, I think, I think the future of ice cream is virtual. I bet virtual reality is going to take off and it'll just be like goggles on and chow down. All you can eat, all the flavor, none of the calories.
1: Yeah, that would also be really sweet too because then your parents would be like, eh, okay, there's no health problems involved. Knock yourself out.
0: Or... Maybe they'll figure out a way to make it taste as good as the regular ice cream, but made out of healthy stuff like broccoli and cauliflower, but taste like ice cream.
1: That would be super cool.
0: No dessert until you eat all your ice cream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then they like make the healthy foods today. (laughs) unhealthy so it's like okay you can't have a piece of you can't have a piece of orange until you eat your ice cream (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: I like that everything everything just gets flipped on its head seems like we're headed that way everything's going a little bit bananas anyways (laughs) but now let's think back to everything we've learned in this episode What are some of the new elements we've discovered for our periodic table of awesome?
1: On a hot summer day, there's nothing better than a nice, cold, creamy cup of ice cream.
0: That's right. And not only does ice cream taste great, but it can cool you off.
1: I would say it's pretty cool when things can work in different ways. Like the way soap can help bring out flavors in a food but it can also lower the freezing point to melt ice or help make things colder.
0: Agreed. You know, there's a word for things that can work in different ways, versatility. Salt is pretty versatile and can do different things. Kind of like the air. We need air to breathe and stay alive.
1: But also in this case, it helps make life sweeter because the air churned into the ice cream is what makes it so smooth and creamy. Seems like versatility is one element that can make something awesome.
0: Today, it was totally cool learning all about ice cream together.
1: And next week, we'll learn even more fascinating facts.
0: Speaking of next week,
1: how about we give
0: them a little sneak peek at next week's Small Wonders mini episode, All About Rainbows.
1: Great idea! How about we do our fact or fake
0: We're going to share two interesting bits of trivia. One is an absolutely amazing true story, but one is just too good to be true. Listen carefully to see if you can spot which is fact and which is fake.
1: There are a lot of myths about rainbows. In old Irish mythology, it was believed that a pot of gold was at the end of the rainbow because leprechauns would sweep the rainbows up, pressing them down into a pot where the iridescent colors would be squished into shimmering white gold. Or...
0: The Greek epic poet Homer believed that rainbows were made of a single color, purple. The Greek philosopher... Xenophanes added two more colors saying the rainbow was purple, yellow green, and red. Although I guess really yellow green feels like he's slipping two in there. Aristotle agreed though. He said quote, the rainbow has three colors and these three and no others. Come back to Rainbow Puppy Science Lab next week to find out which is fact
1: and which is fake. Thanks for listening to our show.
0: Rainbow Puppy Science Lab is an airwave media podcast. It was written, produced, mixed, and edited by us, Atticus and Kyle. Background music and sound effects came courtesy of Pixabay. Today, we covered something that we love and wanted to learn more about, but what are you curious about? Ask your grown-up to head over to RainbowPuppyScienceLab.com to find some fun experiments and activities you can try.
1: While you're there, tell us what you like and what you're curious about. You might just hear it in a future episode.